Hey, welcome back everybody to Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez. On December 6, 2018, I can finally say, for the first time in Crowd Noise history, I can finally say this episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor Podcast, the easiest and quickest way to start your podcast. And oh, by the way, it's 100% free. We're going to be hearing a lot more from them later on in the show. Uh, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for the ads today. Um, you may or may not like the ads but uh, I, I can't wait. I'm super excited to roll out my first ad, so uh, we will have that. But before then, we have some NFL, NBA. Um, college regular season is over, I guess. We're getting into the uh, postseason, the playoff. Uh, not going to be really any... Well, there's going to be some college football on the show today. Uh, talking about the Heisman Trophy that comes out on Saturday. Um, we'll be telling you who I think... Uh, see if you can try and guess who I'm picking for the Heisman. I'm going to tell you who I think should win and why. Um, doing some NBA, who I think, it's kind of a fun segment, I'm looking forward to this one, um, kind of c- uh, contenders, pretenders type thing, Who, what teams I think will, will stick around and make the playoffs, what teams I think will fall out and make the playoffs, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's really true, con- I don't think any of the teams that I picked are contenders as far as uh, the finals, I don't think any of them are going to win, win, win the championship, but I do, th- when I say contenders, I mean contenders for making the playoff, I mean there's only about three or four teams in the whole league that are contenders for the finals. That's the Warriors. I'd still throw the Celtics in there. And the Raptors have definitely gained my respect uh, for sure. And I guess the Sixers too. Um, you know, with Jimmy Butler, they've been a lot better. So uh, not really title contenders, more playoff contenders. So we'll do that later. But first, to lead off the show, as we often do, uh, NFL football tonight, Thursday night, Jaguars and Titans. Uh, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste your valuable time. So we're just going to go ahead and skip over that. Uh, just a quick summary, I guess, so we can say we did it. The Titans' rush defense is really good. That much we know, and that's that's about all I, I know about that game. The Jaguars, the one thing we thought they could hang their hat on was their defense, and they're, they're just terrible. They're, not, they're just no good in the one division that any team could possibly win. The Jaguars have no chance of winning. I guess I'll take the Titans. No score for you there. Um, so there's that. But the game we are going to be doing, the next three games, are all good games. On Sunday, there's a really good slate of games. Uh, it's not uh, Rams-Chiefs, but pretty close. There's actually some games uh, pretty close to that. First one, a slightly watered-down version of that game. Uh, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Uh, the Ravens and Chiefs, that one's going to be in Arrowhead. I picked the Ravens to win the NFC North preseason, and for a while they didn't look too good. And now all of a sudden it looks like they have a chance to win the NFC and AFC North, excuse me, the AFC North and uh, or even just get into the playoffs. If not, if they don't catch the Steelers, they'll get into the playoffs. It looks like that's uh, the case. And ironically, the one reason I said they will win the North is because Joe Flacco is going to try and keep Lamar Jackson on the sideline. And really, the reason they're only in this mix is because of Lamar Jackson, Uh, Joe Flacco. Uh, went down with an injury, and his, he's done. I mean, it's Lamar Jackson's time now. Once they made that move, uh, there's no going back. So Lamar Jackson, he's, he's the future uh, in Baltimore. And ironically, I picked him as probably the easiest, the most bust potential uh, in this quarterback class. And he's 3-0. He's got the most wins. He's tied for the most wins with uh, Baker Mayfield and I think Josh Allen too. But he's undefeated, obviously. Um, Baker and Josh Allen, they have their... Uh, their loss was some pretty bad. Baker had a horrible game. Good lord, he played terrible last Sunday. Um, it's gonna happen. I'm I'm not I'm not out on Baker Mayfield because he had a three interception game. It happens. I mean, it it happens to rookies. So um, besides that point, the Ravens are gonna have a 
whale of a time. I like that analogy. A whale of a time trying to stop uh, Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs, despite having one of the better defense, maybe the best defense uh, in all of football. Uh, they're going to, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, they're the Chiefs. I need I say more. They got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, the one thing the Ravens do do, and it's going to match up, it's going to be an interesting matchup uh, with the Chiefs. Did I say the Chiefs? It's going to be uh, the one thing the Ravens do do well that's going to match up with the Chiefs is their run defense. They're amongst the top three in the NFL um, defending against the run. And obviously the Chiefs are minus Kareem Hunt um, because of, you know, the whole, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, just a, a terrible situation with Kareem Hunt. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if he'll get in. He's not playing this year. I can guarantee you that. Um, do, I think, do I think he'll play next year? He'll get an opportunity? I don't know. I don't see... How, how any team could really give Kareem Hunt uh, a, a big contract or even any kind of chance, you know, in, in this climate. I, it's just a really, really bad situation. But let's just get back to football. Um, the Chiefs are going to be with Spencer Ware, who had a really slow week last week, last week but the Kareem Hunt uh, story came out on a Friday, if I believe, or a Thursday, like late in the week. So Spencer Ware got basically zero time uh, zero reps with the ones and he but he did score a touchdown I mean he had a slow day I think he had like 60 yards rushing with a touchdown um, not a big day but not terrible also he'll be better I mean he'll be more um, familiar with with the ones because he's gonna have a full week of preparation but he's still gonna have um, a tough task going up against that Ravens defense um, like I said uh, uh, they're, they're, they're the best against the run and you're putting up a second street running back it, it's gonna be kind of tough for the Chiefs but I mean with that I don't, they're not going to have any problems throwing the ball, so I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. Um, yeah, throwing, throwing the ball. It's going to come down to that. Uh, in a quarterback battle between Lamar Jackson, let's get to Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about him for a second. Um, he's been great. Well, I don't know about great. He's been good. Let's pump the brakes. I'm getting a little bit uh, carried away there. He's been good. Not great. He's been good. Um, he, is, he, he is what we thought he was. Um, he's not a great thrower. He creates plays. He's really hard to defend, but he's not a great thrower, especially down the field. He's inaccurate, but he hasn't cost the Ravens any games. He's undefeated. Um, he's been doing his job and maybe a little bit more. We could say that he's been uh, a little bit exceeding expectations, I guess you could say, Lamar Jackson has. But in this game, even with a great defense like the Ravens have, you're still going to have to score with the Chiefs. And in a quarterback battle, guess who I'm taking between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. He's been great. Lamar or good. He's Lamar Jackson has been good. Um, I think he has a pick or two, uh, but nothing too egregious. Uh, he's running the ball a lot. He's using his legs as a big weapon, which is causing a lot of problems. But uh, the Chiefs, like I said, they're not going to shut down the Kansas City Chiefs. And if it comes down to the second half, who's going to score more points? I'm taking the Chiefs, 33-25. Uh, I think the Ravens will keep it close for a while, and the Chiefs will pull away. Uh, in the second half, I think they'll just impose their will offensively, as they do to everyone else. I mean, the Ravens, uh, they're a good team, but the Chiefs are maybe the best team. They are the best team uh, in the AFC, and that includes the Texans. I picked the Texans going to the Super Bowl uh, preseason. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they're going to have to go through Kansas City and New England, and it looks like they're going to start hitting their stride pretty soon. So uh, I'm going to take Kansas City this week over the Ravens. Speaking of those Houston Texans, they play the Colts at home this week. Um, I think this is going to be one of the more underrated or under-the-radar um, signature games this year. Both of these teams are fighting for that first-place spot um, in the AFC South. It looks like the Texans, even with a loss this week, are probably going to get that uh, division crown. But this game is really important for both teams because 
I mean, if the Texans end up losing out, I think the Colts can catch them. If they were to win out, uh, that's kind of unlikely. But the Colts are fighting for a playoff spot. Um, I really like the Colts, man. I'm a big fan of Andrew Luck. His turnaround was just fantastic. Him and Frank Bright have just been a a match made in heaven. Um, The Texans, since going uh, 0-3, they're undefeated. I look like a real dummy because, like I said, I did pick the Texans to go to the Super Bowl preseason, and they started off 0-3, and I was feeling pretty bad about myself. And then all of a sudden, they run off nine straight. Is it nine straight or ten straight games? They're unbeatable all of a sudden. Um, the Colts are and the Colts are coming off of a really ugly loss against the Jaguars. They got shut out for the first time in the Luck era. Um, I think that's going to be a positive for the Colts. I mean, obviously, you can only get better if you score nothing. If you score one point, you've, you've done better than what you did last week. I think the Colts are going to come in prepared. Um, win streaks in the NFL, they don't. it's not like college. You can't win uh, forever over a course of two or three seasons. Every win streak in the NFL is, is destined to end at some point or another. I mean, not every win streak in any sport is destined to end at some point or another. But specifically in the NFL, it's hard to win multiple games in a row. Um, the Colts are a really good team. I think they have enough, um, Andrew Luck is good enough to score with the Texans, which is what the Texans have been doing. They've been putting up enough points, and then it's hard to score against their defense. They've been putting teams away. Uh, They're not going to be able to shut down Andrew Luck. Well, the Jaguars did, but I don't think it's going to happen two weeks in a row. Um, The Colts' offensive line is like one of the biggest turnarounds in any unit in all of football. They went from dead last to top five, uh, the the offensive line for the Colts did. So they're going to have a tough task um, trying to stop Watt and clowning and keeping uh, Luck off of the turf. I think they'll do that enough. I mean, Lucky, he's, he's fantastic. He's one of the best top five, top three quarterbacks in all the NFL. I like the Colts this week in an upset, 27-21. It'll be a close one, but I think Andrew Luck will outdeal Deshaun Watson. Um, there's going to be one moment in that game, maybe Deshaun Watson turnover or Andrew Luck, I mean, back shoulder fade for a touch. There's going to be one moment where you say that's, that's the game right there. I think Andrew Luck's going to take over. The Colts are going to end the Texans' win streak this week, 27-21. And the last game this week, I think this game is going to be the most fun. I, I said the Colts and Texans were going to be the most competitive, maybe the dark horse for one of the games of the year. Uh, the game of the year is the Chiefs and the Rams. There's no competition with that, but, I mean, it'll be up there in the conversation. Um, the Cowboys and the Eagles, this is going to be one of the more fun games. It's one of the more fun games to pick because I, I, like, I like when I'm picking an upset where I, I can truly invest in a team and everyone is going against me. When I'm picking a team that no one else is picking, but I truly, I, I, I can just feel it. It's a fun, it's a fun day when, when I'm right. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm not always right. No one's always right. I mean, there are times when I'm just dead wrong. And then I look even more dumb because everyone was telling me, you know, it was the other guy. You picked the wrong team. But this week I am almost dead set against one team. I've never been, I don't know about more sure, nor sure, but I've never been this confident in one team than I am this week. And this is the Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is, this is it. This is the moment. Every single year, you can point to one game where the Dallas Cowboys, they fail. They just ultimately, they just come out flat. They disappoint you. And everyone who is behind them just, I mean, is just defeated. This is what they do. I mean, I don't understand. I've been watching, I watch a lot of TV. This is what I do in my spare time. Everyone is picking the Cowboys running away in this game. Now, I get that Philly has been, I mean, nothing short of a disappointment this year. They've been bad. They haven't been good, Philly has. But they've won as a two or three straight. The Phillies have, uh, the Phillies, the Eagles have won, not the Philadelphia, not the Fighting Phils. Um, The Eagles have won two or three straight. They're starting to hit their stride, and they have to win this week. The Eagles need to win to stay in the conversation for the playoffs and have any kind of chance 
uh, repeating at the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen, but they, they have to win to even, I mean, keep that alive. So the Cowboys are going to get the best Eagles team that we've seen all year long. I mean, they're already talking trash. I mean, I don't get it. Everyone is big. I get that the Cowboys defense looked fantastic last week, last week uh, against the Saints. They, they, they shut them down. I mean, Drew Brees looked like he was San Diego Drew Brees instead of New Orleans Drew Brees. But this is what the Cowboys do. They always they run off a few games in a row. They beat a really solid team. They get a signature win, and then they just implode every single year. Are we? This is the Dallas Cowboys we're talking about. Why is everyone so invested in the Cowboys? Like, I, I, have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing, people? That was my Jerry Seinfeld. What are we talking about? I'm the fact that everyone is is behind the Cowboys is picking them to win just adds confidence to me picking the Eagles this week. Um, Last week, the Cowboys defense looked like the 85 Bears. Uh, I think this this is what they do. They always find a way to get overconfident, and they disappoint. I think this week, they're going to look like the 18 Raiders. Um, they're just, I, this is just a perfect recipe for the Cowboys to explode on national television like they do every single year. Um, you're telling me Dak Prescott's going to get in a quarterback duel with Carson Wentz? Are you kidding me? I'm going to take the Eagles running away in this one, 33-14. to 14. I've never been more sure about another pick in, in my life, and I might be dead wrong. I might look like an idiot next Thursday. I might lose my anchor sponsorship because this pick is so terrible, but I'm taking the Eagles because this is what the Cowboys do. If a team is telling you this is what we are, this is what we do on a yearly basis, you take them at their word. I'm not going, I'm not going against the Eagles. It's not so much that I'm picking the Eagles. I'm going against the Cowboys because this is what they do. I'm not... I'm not picking them. The Eagles are going to win this week, running away 33-14, to and the Cowboys are going to implode and lose the division, and Jason Garrett will be back next year. Now it's ad time. All right, so I hope you, uh, you enjoyed that. I know I sure did. I had a lot of fun uh, recording that. So uh, with that, those are all of our NFL picks. Those are all of our ads for today. So you don't have, if you hated it, um, which I'm sure you probably did, there will not be any more of that. Uh, until next week. Uh, I'm sorry, man. A guy's got to pay the bills, man. I need to uh, need that cheddar. So with that, well, let's go ahead and get to our uh, NBA for this week. And then we'll go ahead and talk about uh, college. And we got a great quote of the week, man. We got, I mean, it's fantastic. I think this is one of my favorite uh, quote of the weeks uh, of all time. It's going to be, it's going to be up there for, in the conversation for, you know, the goat. It's going to be in the goat combo. But uh, so let's get into our, I mentioned earlier, we're going to be doing, uh, I like the segment that we're going to be doing kind of a contenders uh, or pretender uh, type deal. I don't even know if it's that, but it's just teams that I think uh, will stick around and make the playoffs and then teams who I think are probably going to fizz out um, and not make the playoffs. Uh, it's that time of the year in the NBA where it's, we're far, we're deep enough into the NBA season where we know who teams are. Um, but there are teams who have maybe hit their peak. They're kind of a little bit bloated. And then there are teams who are kind of slow out the gates. They haven't really hit their stride. They maybe need a Trevor Ariza away or, or something like that from, uh, from making the playoffs or even putting themselves into the, uh, into the title contention. Uh, and so let's go ahead and get uh, right into that. The first team, and it's gonna be, there's not going to be that many Eastern Conference teams because the Eastern Conference is the Eastern Conference. I mean, we know who the teams are. We know who the contenders are. There's no really surprises. I mean, I think... The East has as many has more contenders, honestly, to get to the finals in the West. In the West, it's the Warriors, and then who? The Nuggets? Like, I mean, come on, the Lakers. The Lakers are not making the finals. I can promise you. I bet my house they're not making the finals. Uh, I take that back because I. And I've learned. I've learned in this business, you can make wild hot takes, but you can't really guarantee anything like your home because when you're wrong, people will come to you. They will come to your house and and to repossess it. So take that away. But the Lakers are not 
they're not going to make the playoffs. Or excuse me, they're making the playoffs. They're not going to make the finals. Take that. I take that back. Now I misspoke there. They're making the playoffs. They're not making the finals. But in the East, you have the Rap- the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Sixers, uh, the Celtics. I mean, they're they've been struggling. But come on, can we pump the brakes on the Celtics? I mean, everyone, everyone's running around like their head's on fire. The Celtics are going to be fine. I said it preseason, and unfortunately, I didn't have my podcast yet, so there's no, I mean, true evidence. You're just going to have to take me at my word. I said the Celtics were not going to be as good with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. It wasn't going to work perfectly. One, because he's coming off an injury, and two, Gordon, the Celtics played defense last year during the playoffs. Kyrie and Gordon Hayward are not known as elite defenders, uh, but they're going to be fine. The Celtics are going to make the playoffs. They have enough postseason exp- They're going to be fine, the Celtics are, so stop it. But in the West, you have the, the Warriors, that's it. I mean, and the Nuggets, you're going to throw the Nuggets. You really believe the Nuggets are going to make the finals? Like, come on. And then in the East, you have the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers. You have more teams that can contend in the East than you do in the West. But with that, so that's that was my three-minute explanation of why there's going to be more Western Conference teams uh, than Eastern Conference teams so the first one who i believe is a true contender i believe that they are and again i say contender the reason it's not a contender pretender thing is because i don't think any of these teams are going to make the finals um or even have a chance to make the final i think they'll make the playoffs which is i mean some teams think not everyone has the same expectations there are some teams who if they make the playoffs it's a good year okay so this we're talking about those teams i mean the the top dogs like we'll save them for a rainy for another day okay because we we know who those guys are so the first one are the Detroit Pistons now they've been kind of a surprise to most people but not really to me um, I can't remember maybe they are a surprise I can't remember what my preseason playoff teams were I don't know if the Pistons were in there um, I'll have to go and investigate that for you but when they traded for Blake Griffin last year they went on a really nice win streak win streak with him. And uh, who I think is the best rebounder in the entire league is uh, Andre Drummond. He's a great center. Um, they went on a nice win streak last year. It shouldn't be that big of a surprise that they're top four uh, in the East. They're a good team. You know, they, they play defense. They're kind of a throwback team, I guess you could say, because they play with big men. Um, I mean, I don't know. The M- NBA is all about, you know, to me, well, I don't know about all about. But I appreciate kind of, I mean, I'm making air quotes here because I don't even like to call them throwback teams. Uh, teams that use true centers, back-to-the-basket centers, rebounders, rim protectors. I don't like to call those guys throwback teams because I believe I, there's a special place in my heart, and I'm only 6'1", but there's a special place in my heart for NBA big men. I think they belong in the game, and we should stop trying to get rid of the big guys. Protect Andre Drummond, please, at all costs. Quit trying to get rid of Andre Drummond. He's a great player, great rebounder. Yes, rebounding, rebounding, rebounding is a part of basketball, whether you want to get rid of it or not, and the NBA is trying to get rid of it. Um, with that 14-second shot clock nonsense. Oh, my God, that thing is so stupid. You're trying to, they're trying to just eliminate offensive rebounds at all costs, and they wonder why defense is, or excuse me, offense is at an all-time high in the NBA because no one is rebounding. Everyone's just running up and down the court. They're just shooting and getting back automatic. I mean, it's just terrible. But anyway, back to the Pistons. Excuse my uh, Jeff Van Gundy and rant there. Um, that I, was it Jeff or Steve? Well, they both go on rants. They all go on rants. All the Van, all the Van Gundys. Um, the Detroit Pistons are really good because they play with Blake Griffin, who's kind of. I mean, he's proved me wrong. I've always been. I've never liked Blake Griffin. I've really haven't liked him at all. And he's kind of changed himself um, in Detroit. He's he's developed a nice shot. He can beat you off the dribble. Uh, obviously, he can get to the rim and, and jam on you. Andre Drummond can rebound and protect the rim on defense. They're great, but the one problem is 
in the NBA, ultimately, I mean, it comes back to the, ex- the extinction of the big men. The NBA is dominated by guard play. The Detroit Pistons are not going to win or get to the NBA Finals because they don't have a superstar guard like in the other teams in the East, Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry. Um, I'll throw Giannis in that conversation because he does everything. Um, and then Kyrie Irving. So, I mean, I, the Pistons, they're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to, they're at number four right now. They're not going to fall out. It's a long season, but they're not going to fall out because the teams that are going to be chasing them down are, I mean, the Magic, the Wizards, the Heat. I mean, I, I don't see any of those teams um, stalking down the Pistons and, and knocking them out. So the Pistons will make the playoffs. They will hang on. Uh, another true, I guess, contender uh, are the Denver Nuggets. I was kind of making fun of them earlier, but that's not because I'm out on the Nuggets. It's because the Warriors are the Warriors. They're just so dominant. No one's beating the Warriors. I don't care what kind of media fiasco or, or drama is going on. They're not, they're not going to lose it to anybody. They're not. That's the only thing that people have to hold on to is maybe the Warriors can beat themselves with, with their terrible chemistry because nobody's beating them on the basketball court in a seven-game series. It's just not happening. But the Nuggets are, they are the number one seed right now. I don't know if they'll hang on to that. I mean, that's pretty, even number one seed in the West, that's, that's, you're, you're up there. But they will definitely be in the top three, four uh, in the West when it's all said and done. Um, they will absolutely make the playoffs. Uh, I am a firm believer. I'm a big fan of Nikola Jokic or Nikola, I mean, however you want to, but Nikola Jokic. I think he's the best young center and I'm not, exclude Anthony Davis. He's in a class all by himself. But he's one of the he is the best young center in the NBA is Nikola Jokic. I personally personally believe he is better than Joel Embiid. He's not as athletic, but he is more skilled, he's more finesse, he has better post moves, he's certainly a better passer. He's one of the best passers, period, in the game of basketball. Guard center doesn't matter. Nikola Jokic is up there with the best of them uh, in, in the entire NBA. If you ask me who I would choose to start my franchise with, I would take Nikola Jokic over Joel Embiid. I like Joel Embiid but Nikola Jokic is better. That's just me. Uh, Jamal Murray. He has shown flashes of the blue arrow that we saw at Kentucky, which got people uh, kind of excited. Uh, he sort of, I guess, fell down to the Nuggets, but he, does, he has some potential. If you can shoot as well as Jamal Murray, you, you're going to make it in the NBA. I mean, that's just the way that the league is going. If you can shoot, you're going to make it. Um, but he's, been, he's shown flashes. I mean, that, he's been really streaky this year. He's had other nights where it's like, Man, he shouldn't even be starting. And then there's other nights where he, this guy, he's, he's a true, legit starting point guard in the West. He's fantastic. Uh, but that's only some of the time. It's not all the time. And I think that will ultimately do, the, do them in. The question for the Nuggets, once they do make the playoffs, is will they be able to overcome their lack of star power and beat teams like the Thunder, who have all kinds of star power? The Warriors, I mean, even the Lakers, who have, I mean, the LeBron need I say more. Um, the Trailblazers, if they were to meet up with them, if they were to fall down to the two or three, they'd play the Blazers at you know the seventh or the eighth seed or, or the six, whatever. If they were to play the Blazers, they have CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard. I mean, would they be would they be able to hang with those guys even? Um, I don't. That remains to be seen. But the Nuggets will be in the playoffs. They're not going to uh, explode and uh, and miss out. I think they're for real. A lot, that's the big question. Kind of this season, are the Nuggets for real? Are you buying into the Nuggets? It depends on what your definition of for real is. Uh, if for real means making the playoffs, possibly getting in the semifinals, possibly having a chance at the conference finals, yeah, I could say the Nuggets have a chance um, to make the conference finals. I don't think they will, but they definitely have a, a, a fighting chance. They're going to have home court over a bunch. If they stick at number one, which is going to be real tough, we're in December now. The season ends in like May. 
it's going to be tough to hang out on that one seed all the way up to the end. But if they were, they're going to have home field advantage in Denver where, I mean, obviously there's the atmosphere thing. Uh, I don't know how much that comes into play in basketball, but I mean, if, if you get teams up, up and down running the floor, it's going to wear you down over a course uh, of a seven game series. I think Denver can get the conference finals. They have a chance. Um, if you think for real means, are they finals contenders? No, because again, the Warriors are in the Western Conference and they're not going to beat the Warriors. So um, it just depends on what your definition of real is. I don't think every team, as I said earlier, should be cast to finals or bust expectations. Every team has different. The Nuggets missed the playoffs last year. Um, so to put them in the finals talk would be unfair to them. That would be unfair expectations, which is your fault, listener, because um, I'm not doing it. And I don't think the Nuggets, well, the Nuggets probably are doing it because every team says, yeah, we're in it to win the finals. But realistically, the Nuggets are, are a playoff team and probably not much more. Uh, okay, now on to the quote-unquote pretenders now. Uh, there aren't any pretenders in the East, and that's not to say that I think the Eastern Conference is dominant be- that's just to say that the teams that are up in the top five or six, and I, I say six just to include the Celtics, but the teams that are in the top six in the, in the East are pretty, they are the contenders. Those are all the teams that can win it. There aren't really, I mean, right now the six, I'm looking at it, it's the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Pistons, the Pacers, and then the Celtics. The only one in there who I would say is not a finals contender are the Pacers and then probably the Pistons because, like I said, they don't have the guard play to match up with any of those other teams. But the Celtics, the Sixers, the Bucks, and the Raptors, yeah, they're all those are all for real teams. I don't care that the Celtics are starting off slow. They're going to be fine. Forget it. That's why I'm sick and tired of people talking about the Celtics and why they're not on my list because they're going to be fine. They're going to be absolutely fine with Kyrie Irving. Jason Tatum's having a sophomore slump. He's finding his way. It happens. They're going to, they're going to be fine. Leave them alone because they play defense too. The Celtics play real defense. That goes a long way in the playoffs. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not out on the Celtics. So all of my pretenders are the team's uh, in the West, because the West is kind of weird when you look at it. There's teams that you really didn't, wouldn't expect to be up there. The Nuggets at number one. Like, I mean, who would have thought that? I thought they were a playoff team preseason, but not number one seed. Um, the Thunder at number two. I guess that's not too weird. Uh, the Clippers at number three is extremely weird. I mean, that's just unbelievable. How are they number three in the West? Uh, Warriors at four, Lakers at five. And here's where it starts getting weird again. The Grizzlies at six, the Blazers at seven. That's about accurate. And then the Mavericks Eight, nine, the Kings, and ten, the Wolves. Um, and all the way, if you go all the way down, the Rockets are at 13. I would say they're probably still in the mix just because they have James Harden. I mean, he's that good. He can probably carry him up there. So let's go ahead and start listing those uh, pretenders uh, teams. The first one are the, let me see, I got mixed up in my notes here. The Dallas Mavericks. Okay, number eight, Dallas Mavericks. This one hurts me. Now, I know there's one, <laughs> there's one specific Dallas Mavericks fan in particular who may or may not be listening and feels like I am specifically picking on all of his or her. I like to protect people's identities. But uh, specifically trying to attack their teams is not true. I I really like the Mavericks. I really like the Mavericks. This one kind of pains me. And to that one person, hey man, how you doing? Uh, Quick shout out. Um, I'm not picking on your teams, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Unknown listener. The reason I do not have the Mavericks as a true contender to make the playoffs is because of their youth. Um, Luka Doncic is fantastic. He's one of my favorite young players. He's so much fun to watch. I mean, he's a great player. He's not, he doesn't blow you away with athleticism. Um, that's why you have Dennis Smith Jr. who does blow you away with athleticism. Luka Doncic knows how to play the game. 
Um, I heard the other day that he's like the second coming of Larry Bird, and that kind of took me by surprise. I took a step back because anytime you compare someone with Larry Bird, I mean, you're saying a lot, and I thought about it. Um, he's a great passer. He, he, he runs up and down the floor. He hustles. He plays defense, and obviously he can shoot the heck out of the ball. Yeah, I honestly think the Larry Bird to Luka Doncic comparisons are fair. I mean, there are a lot of comparisons that are unfair, not because of who you're comparing them to, but because they're just not realistic comparison. I don't mean like you can't compare people to Michael Jordan, but if we're going to compare someone to Michael Jordan, let's make sure he plays like Michael Jordan. Don't just throw out a lazy comparison. Luka Doncic does play like Larry Bird. I actually like that um, comparison. I think it's accurate. But with that, it is his first season in the NBA, and and we are in December. Are they going to hang on to that eighth spot or even climb up? Are they going to pass the Blazers, the Grizzlies, and possibly even the Lakers to hang on in the West all the way into May? Uh, when they're being chased down by teams like the Timberwolves, who have been, they've actually been improved, or maybe not improved, I guess. I guess you can't say that because they're at number 10. Uh, but specifically the Pelicans and the Rockets. I'm not, I'm not selling out on the Rockets, not yet. I'm not, I'm not giving up on them because they have James Harden, one of the top 10 players uh, in the world. I'm not giving up on the Rockets. Will they be able to hold off the Rockets and the Pelicans over the course of a season? My guess would be no because they are so young. And it takes a, a veteran hand to kind of steer the locker room uh, when there's when there's a rough stretch and, and people are get, legs are getting tired and we don't want to play on a Wednesday night in in Milwaukee. Um, that's when you say, well, what about Dirk Nowitzki? Dirk Nowitzki hasn't played a minute this year. Uh, I think he's done. Unfortunately, he's one of the last '90s players that are still playing. I think he's he's pretty much finished. It's Luka Doncic's team. The Mavericks are the team of the future. The future, however, is not now. It's probably next year. So the Mavericks, I believe, will not hang on and will not make the playoffs this year. They will fall out. They will fall out. Excuse me. Which hurts me. It does hurt me to say because I do like the Mavericks. Luka Doncic is, he's not, he's not box office like, um, uh, that was a little bit too much Boston. But that was my Stephen A. Smith. That was a little bit too much uh, Boston more than New York. But he's not box office like Stephen A. Smith would say. But he is a star already. Not a superstar but there is that potential. He could definitely reach uh, superstardom uh, in the NBA. The second, and I guess the last team that we're doing, uh, another pretender, a team that I don't really believe in, I don't think will hang on, are the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies, unlike the Dallas Mavericks, I do not like. Uh, I'm not a fan of watching them, and I'd be happy to see them fall out of the playoffs. I have nothing against Mike Conley, Nothing against Marcus Gasol. They are just, they're unbearable to watch. And here's why. And I also think this is the reason why they're going to uh, miss out on the playoffs. They are dead last in pace. They just refuse to run. I mean, it, it's just, it's grit and grind 2.0, but not fun. Defense can be fun to watch. Like the Celtics, they were fun to watch last postseason. Uh, even though their games were like 85 to 89, they were fun to watch because they played defense. I'm not against defense. I'm against a, a just refusal to to evolve and, and to run. The Grizzlies just they're dead last in pace. I don't know what else I need to say. They 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 use the entire shot clock. They force you to to play at their glacial speed. And in the NBA, dictating or dictating the pace of play does not mean slowing down. It means playing faster than whoever you're playing against. The NBA is all about offense and all about running. Um, the Grizzlies are are just refusing to to get with the times and try and score. They're, they're all about defense, which I respect, but they're not going to be able to dictate the pace of play 
in a superstar driven league. This isn't high school. It's not college. In college, like West Virginia, they can dictate the pace of play. But even then, they play fast. They press. Um, in college, you can dictate the pace of play because their players are younger. They're not as, um, I guess, mature. I guess you could say, uh, offensively, they don't have they don't have as many tricks in their bag. That was uh, for our younger audience out there. But in the NBA, you're going up against guys like Kevin Durant. I mean, LeBron is in the West now. Damian Lillard is a baller. Like you're 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 not going to be able to impose yourself uh, defensively in the NBA. You're just not. So I think eventually it, they're just they're not going to be able to hang on. Especially again because they're going to have to hold off teams like James Harden, who's another offensive superstar. You're not going to slow him down. Um, and Anthony Davis, who's maybe one of the top three players in in all of basketball. So I think the Grizzlies will fall out. Um, of the playoffs from the sixth spot. They are in a pretty good spot right now being at six, but uh, it's a long season. A lot can happen. I think the Mavericks and the Grizzlies will fall out. Uh, the, the Blazers will hang on because that's, they, win, they win enough regular season games uh, due to the Trail Blazers. The playoffs, not so much. But those are all my NBA. Um, I guess they're not pretenders uh, or contenders. It's more playoffs or stay off my tv during june that's that's what we're gonna call this section you know what i just the playoffs are stay offs and we're gonna be checking back into this every few months uh into the season we're gonna be doing playoffs or stay offs um teams that i think will hang on or teams that i think will implode and probably miss um come may we're not gonna be doing this because i mean by then we know who's getting in and who's and who's not um pretty much the playoffs stay offs come uh april will probably just be between like three teams in each in each conference so uh, yeah, there it is. Your playoffs and stayoffs. The first one of the year, first one in crowd noise history. So the Heisman Trophy ceremony is this Saturday, depending on when you're listening. Uh, at the time of this recording, it is this Saturday, uh, December 8th on ESPN. The finalists are Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State, uh, Kyler Murray of Oklahoma, and Tua Tagovailoa of Alabama. Now, all season long, I'm sure you're sick of me saying it. All year long, I've been behind Tua as a Heisman. I mean, since probably week one, Tua has been the Heisman for me. So I am not going to sell out and switch at the last second and, and, and jump ship to, to Kyler Murray at the, just because Tua Togobailoa had a bad game, which he was hurt in. I mean, he's been hurt all year and he's been phenomenal, but he was really hurt this year. I had to come out. Uh, Jalen Hurts came in and won the game, which I loved. I mean, I, I thought it was fantastic. Seeing, seeing Jalen Hurts come in and win the game. How poetic was that? I mean, it was, it was fantastic. I loved that. I, that was a great moment. I loved watching it. Um, but it did, I guess, hurt Tua's Heisman stock for whatever reason. But I'll give it to you. Kyler Murray did outplay Tua Togovailoa. Dwayne Haskins, we're not going to talk about him. He's going to be, he's just a guest. They, they needed a third person at the seat. He, he has absolutely no chance of winning the Heisman. Um, Kyler Murray, he did outplay Tua Togovailoa, even though he was hurt, but I'll give it to you. I'll give you that much that Kyler Murray outplayed Tua um, during championship week. He was fantastic, and they, they held off Texas, uh, and they were to, they earned their playoff spot, which, I again, I thought it would have been Ohio State, but whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, the momentum because of that, because of the championship week performance by Kyler Murray and the lack thereof, I guess, of Tua Togovailoa has shifted um, – to Kyler Murray, he's now the favorite to win the Heisman. And here, I'm going to tell you why that's that's wrong. Tua Togovailoa should be the Heisman Trophy winner, as I've said all season long. There's no reason why he should not be the Heisman Trophy winner. 
Um, Kyler Murray has all kinds of stats. He makes big plays. Okay, well, um, on the season, he has 40 touchdowns to the tune of seven interceptions. Pretty good. Tua Togavailoa has 37 touchdowns and four interceptions. As exciting as Kyler Murray is, he's had to play every single game, every single quarter, and he's got 40 touchdowns. Tua Togavailoa has played in less than half of the fourth quarters this season, and he's only down three touchdowns. And he didn't really even play the second half of the SEC championship game. And he's only down three touchdowns. Uh, he's also has three less interceptions. Okay, I'll give you that much. Maybe he throws two or three more uh, over the course of the season in the fourth quarter. But despite not playing in the fourth quarter in more than half of his games, Tua Togavailoa is only down three touchdowns to Kyler Murray despite how he plays in, in the offensive juggernaut of Oklahoma. He plays in the shootout league of the Big 12. Alabama blows teams away, and he's only down three touchdowns. Think about that. As much as people love to, to talk about Kyler Murray's stats and the numbers, the numbers never lie, two is right behind him, and he hasn't played in a whole bunch of fourth quarters because he's dominating teams. We've seen something like this once before. It was actually very recently, though. People have short memories, and they tend to forget. I don't. That's why I have this show. That's why I have sponsors. <laughs> um, a few years ago, we gave Lamar Jackson the Heisman Trophy. He had all kinds of great stats. He was exciting to watch. He was fun at Louisville. He won the Heisman Trophy. Deshaun Watson was the runner-up. Deshaun Watson was the best player on the best team in the country that year, and he didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Now, I think if you look back on that, I think if the committee, not the playoff committee, but the Heisman committee, the, the writers, if they had a chance to do that over, they would give it to Deshaun Watson. And evidenced by that was his fantastic, his unbelievable, one of the all-time great performances in the national championship game against Alabama. Where was Lamar Jackson? He was at the Hawaii Bowl watching Deshaun Watson on TV. And we didn't give it to Deshaun Watson. We gave it to Lamar Jackson because he had a bunch of exciting plays because he was fun to watch. Don't make that same mistake again. Let's not punish players for playing on good teams. Because that's what people say too. Oh, yeah, well, of course. He's on Alabama. Of course he's really good. So we're supposed to punish. So where is he supposed to go? Boise State? Like he's supposed to go to Boise State and put up these same numbers and then win the Heisman? If he went to Boise State, we'd be saying, well, he plays for Boise State. Who cares? Do not punish Tua Togavailoa because he's on the best team and maybe one of the great college teams of all time. And he's dominating the opponents. Kyler Murray nearly lost to Army at home. Tua Togavailoa needs to be the Heisman Trophy winner. And the fact that we're going to switch on him or we're going to because Tua Togavailoa was the favorite, uh, betting favorite all season long, and now he's not because of one bad week where he didn't perform. Let's be honest. Tua Togavailoa, he struggled. Then he got hurt, and Jalen Hurts came in and saved the day. It was, I loved it. I thought it was great. Obviously, it doesn't help Tua's Heisman case, but I thought it was great TV. Let's not take away from Tua because he had one bad game. The first game all year where you can say Kyler played better than Tua Togavailoa. Not he had better numbers. Not that he had more passing yards. He had more touchdowns. But he played better than Tua. Only one time this year that I can really say, yeah, he outperformed Tua Togavailoa. Only once. And we're going to take the Heisman Trophy away from him? Off of one game? Off of one half, really. I'm with Tua Togavailoa. Still, he should win the Heisman come Saturday. If he doesn't, they got it wrong again. So with that, we come to the quote of the week. Let's get to it. This one's a good one. I kind of, I was really emotional there. That was a really, 
powerful segment for me. I really feel strongly about Tua. But that brings us to the quote of the week. It's fun. We're, this, this whole show is just a roller coaster of emotions. I got really serious there. Now we're going to have fun. It's time to laugh. Let's have, have a good time. Quote. I can't wait. This is so much fun. I'm going to punch him in his nuts next time. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was Giannis Antetokounmpo. After being stepped over by Mario Hizonia. Um, I have said previously multiple times on this show... Kawhi Leonard is not the best player in the East. And to an extent, I was right. I, where I was wrong is when I said Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the East. Obviously, I was dead wrong. It's Mario Hazonia. And the reason I say Mario Hazonia is the best player in the East, um, he dunked, for those of you who don't know, you should, but in case you don't, he dunked, not even on, I hate when, I hate when you, get, you get the notifications and it's trending on Twitter. So this player dunked on this player. When, then you, when you look at the video, Player A, the dunker, drove baseline and dunked, and then player B showed up late off a help defense, and there was a collision. They say, no, like, no, you have to dunk on someone. He has to be standing there like in, in the charge circle, waiting to get dunked on, jumped, and then you dunk it. That's, that's, that's when you dunk on someone. But anyway, there was contact. Uh, Mario Hazonia dunked the ball off a breakaway. A steal. He made a great defensive play. Let's not take anything away from Mario Hazonia. He made a great athletic defensive play. He finished it with a Duncan transition where Giannis tried to block it from behind him. Uh, he, he did not. He failed. Let me tell you that much. He failed in that attempt. Uh, he fell down, and Mario Hazonia proceeded to step over Giannis Antetokounmpo um, a la Allen Iverson. And that cemented Mario Hazonia as um, definitely the best player in the East, um, arguably the best player in the West and at that point in the world. I mean, if you're the best player in the East and the West, obviously the best player in the world. So Mario Hazonia definitely up there um, has to be in the conversation for best player um, in both conferences. I mean, if you dunk on Giannis Antetokounmpo, you, you're definitely top top three in the world. Um, and Giannis did not like it, obviously, from that quote. I'm going to punch him in his nuts next time. How about you play some defense, Giannis Antetokounmpo? You let Mario Hazonia, who's got some pot- He's a top five pick. I bet he's got some potential. Um, he's a top five pick. You let him steal the ball, not from Giannis, but you you, he, you let him get a steal defensively and then yam it uh, in transition. Mario Hazonia, one of the, the top players in all of basketball, um, and then cemented that, I mean, just by dunking it, he, he put himself in the conversation. But by stepping over Giannis Antetokounmpo, he cemented himself as as the future, I mean, the future of the NBA. I mean, it, it goes like, uh, let's say, Russell, Kareem, Magic, um, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Hazonia. That's that's where we're headed. After this play, that is where we're headed in the league. Mario Hazonia is a force to be reckoned with. And think about this. Not only did he dunk on Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is fantastic um, as it, it just by itself, but the Knicks beat the, the Bucks by two points. Mario, Haz- Mario Hazonia finished with two points. That one dunk. That dunk changed the course of the game and potentially the course of the season. For both the Bucks and the Knicks, Mario Hazonia for MVP for all times. That is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Episode, uh, excuse me, kind of ran out of steam there. Again, I've been really passionate. Tua Tagovailoa, Mario Hazonia. These are these two players that I believe really strongly in. Um, that's going to be the end of our show uh, this week. It's the first sponsored show. Thank you to Anchor for the uh, sponsor. They will probably be back next week and the week after that, so just get ready for that. Um, you can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify. 
Anchor Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Uh, please share with your friends. Enjoy the game this weekend, games this weekend, and I will talk to you next week.